John McDougall, and welcome to Legal Marketing Review. Today, my guest is Jay Wager, Director of Business Development with Nutter, McLennan, and Fish in Boston, Massachusetts. Jay is also a past president of the Legal Marketing Association New England chapter. Welcome, Jay. John, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Good to have you back, and thanks for the uh, the, the last last conversation. It was fantastic. You're welcome. And so... Um, are you aware that Google and various social media sites like Clout have patented algorithms to determine if someone is a trusted author and influential person? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm very much aware of that. And, um, you know, if Google can get people to, to drive cars without driving them, they can definitely <laughs> figure out how to, uh, how to uh, objectively uh determine what kind of content is genuine and real and what kind of content is uh, is being put out for for I would say spin or manipulation or or purely marketing reasons so, yeah yeah I'm definitely aware yeah good and and you feel like that's fairly pervasive people market legal marketers they're aware of that um, I think the marketers are yeah um, I think we uh, I think a lot of attorneys may be less aware how sophisticated uh, technology has become, um, maybe because we're a less sophisticated industry in general and don't think that all the uh, technology doesn't apply to us. I'm not sure why, but uh, I believe most marketers are aware that um, to put you need to put out the quality content and uh, in a consistent manner where people are reading it and they know exactly who's reading it and they know if those people are quality people. So it really is a, a a very highly objective process by which they're 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 ranking and they're 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 categorizing people and authors and thought leadership on what is truly valuable out there and what's being read. Um, it's a it's it's a little brutal way in terms of it obviously takes the human factor out of some things, but um, there was so much information being put out there. Uh, it's definitely a, a a ranking or a helpful tool, I think, on our part to be able to tell our attorneys that this is, you know, there's an honesty out there that has to happen, or um, uh, the, the audience, including the algorithm audience, uh, will, right. uh, will not take this, uh, will not take you m- much farther than, than you think it can. Right. So, you know, it's, it's good, I think, for the attorneys to be aware that if we're asking them to blog or be interviewed doing a podcast like this, um, you know, we're doing it because you can't just hire an agency to flip a switch anymore. You used to. I mean, back in the you know mid '90s, I was able to do SEO, and a company would hire me, and I almost didn't even need to talk to them much. You know, we could go do stuff, and they go, "Wow!" You know, we're like ranking overnight. Um, but those days are so long gone. So hopefully, there's greater consciousness that. You know, the the attorneys will catch up with the marketers and realize, okay, there's a really good reason they're asking us to put our faces out there, you know. And, and frankly, I think, you know, consumers of legal services want that. Uh, there's a, I think there's a demand, just how you want want honest rankings of restaurants or honest, honest ca- of, of cars. People really want to be able to take the, the, the deluge of information that's being sent out there and say, okay, which of these sources really are providing valuable, thoughtful uh, information that will be relevant to me. Absolutely. And how important is social media for, 
increasing trust for attorneys. Is it a negative when you click on social media icons on a website for a law firm and they reveal very few followers on Facebook and Twitter? Does it just kind of make you look bad if you put them up there and you're really not even doing it? Uh, I guess to me it depends on on what the media is, and I, I I can there are some things that I do see it as a real downside, and some things I don't, and and so if you, the social media and the business world to me is LinkedIn, and I care. So when I see somebody's LinkedIn profile with just their name, no photo, and five people uh, as 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 linked to them, um, that really show somebody who's chosen not to engage with the business world and right. uh, obviously not a not a good thing so not just with uh, linkedin but you're saying if, if if they're not taking linkedin serious they're they're kind of asleep at the wheel i uh, definitely on that particular one yeah. twitter it depends twitter is you know if somebody's using twitter for their own personal use that's fine and uh then i don't care you can usually tell pretty quickly if a twitter what they're using twitter for Obviously, if they're using it for uh, for business re- reasons, and it's not being well used and maintained. I think it's better they don't have a Twitter handle than do. Um, but then, of course, the best w- the best world is having somebody who is using Twitter effectively for business. Um, I wouldn't recommend blending the two. That's definitely something where you don't want to be talking about your playoff football team at the same time you're you're talking about environmental law. Right, so it really depends on the on the uh, on the platform a bit. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and so, and Facebook is is the 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 my my personal opinion on Facebook is that's a personal medium, and you can do what you want with it. Um, and I, I don't ever really evaluate somebody from a business perspective or even a personal perspective on on what they do or don't do on Facebook. That's more of somebody's somebody's personal preference on on how much they want to share of their life. Right, so I think the the sort of the gist of this one for you, and and, and I think going to the national LMA conferences, uh, the LinkedIn uh, sessions are packed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, the last last year's LMA, I couldn't believe the the LinkedIn session was like on fire. Uh, absolutely. Um, and so, if a picture is worth a thousand words, and researchers indicate. That over 70% of what we communicate is through our tone and body language, not just through our words. Doesn't that make images, audio, and video an incredibly important part of influencing website visitors? I, I think it, it definitely makes the, the website viewing experience better. And anytime you can make an experience better, you should be considering it and doing it. So um, I, I'm not sure uh, uh, how much content or thought leadership people get from videos. Um, I, I believe that they're important to have on there. People learn and, and do take in information in different ways. If you're just giving them straight text, that's great for a lot of people who do take it in by reading. But there are a lot of people out there who do need the visual component to really get the full experience or to really understand what what is you're trying to to convey i think there's a lot of of softer issues about people about law firms um and about culture that can can better be better displayed through video and i definitely think that you can learn a lot about people by how they present themselves uh on video and really get a feel for the kind of person they are at least get it get some direction i'm not 
uh, I, I, I'd say video is always kind of a, a two, two-dimensional version of a face-to-face meeting, which is a three-dimensional version. So the personal interface is, is to me, it's most important. But if somebody, if you want to get more than just words on a, on a web page, uh, video can, can give you a different perspective or give the reader a different perspective. So um, that, that's, that's really important. I would really keep it short. That's something that I know a lot of video advisors are, are doing is keep, keep it as a nice tight package. Um, you know, having, making a 10-minute dissertation about an area of law on video, I'm not sure will will be as effective of actually putting it online um, as a reading document or even a podcast where somebody could sit in a car and, and not have to not have the visual component of it and they can listen. Yeah, no, that's, so, ex- that's uh, exactly right. I think it get, it get, it, video gets you farther than not having video. And there, the, the, that is an important part. You know, in this day and age, culture and, and, and really getting behind the, uh, the, the facade it's important in making decisions about who they're going to use for legal counsel, and video helps. Yeah, you know, and, and YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, so that's <laughs> that's not a small feat either to you know to to capitalize on on YouTube is pretty important. Right. So so video not video for video's sake. Um, it can also be, we were talking a little earlier about about having this genuine authenticity. Um, again, just don't putting videos up of, of a talking head isn't is they want the authenticity of you really doing it in a smart and thoughtful way. Yeah, and and does thought leadership or blogging matter more to B two B or B two C attorneys? Do you do you feel like one is better than the other with uh, online thought leadership and blogging and all that? Um, I, I I gave some thought to this, and I I, I believe that. It's more important to B2B uh, than to consumer legal marketing. And um, I think that's because uh, B2B, that there's, there's a lot of different the people who are buying of legal services, in-house general counsel, are regularly exposed to having to need counsel all, all the time. Consumers, uh, individuals, usually have one-off needs, and I feel that... They may be not less sophisticated, but just less experienced in in the whole hiring of a of an attorney, and it, it may be an area they're not comfortable in in really understanding the the nuances and differences in law firms. And so the so the consumer, I feel, depends more on you know trust and friendships through referrals. So if they've had a friend with a similar problem, and that friend said this lawyer's done a great job for me, um, why don't you go talk to him? I feel that that would be a more logical path for a consumer to take than for them to go online and and read about uh, what an attorney's done and and or uh, following their blogs and those sorts of things. So that that's my opinion is that the trust and friendship and respect plays a little higher role in the consumer, um, but for B two B, that that trust always is important, but. You have the content and the thought leadership component that really adds on to the differentiators between one excellent attorney and another excellent attorney. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always fascinated by the responses we get to this question. And I think it's partially because our initial work with with law firms um, way back, we started doing more mass tort uh, work and uh, mesothelioma lawyers, uh, campaigns with Google AdWords, 
um, and uh, personal injury, auto accidents, slip and fall, etc. And you know, in in that space, people are obsessing over Google rankings. The attorneys, of course, you know, want to get in front of those people that are searching. So in a in a way we initially would think, geez, blogging is more important for them because you've got to get SEO and you've got to be ranked because those consumers are going to search Google when they have that one-off need, as you said. But the more we started working with B2B attorneys, we started to get a lot more of what you just said. And I was actually at a meeting today with um, with a uh, commercial mortgage company. And I explained to them, because initially they they were a little hesitant to do things like blogging and podcasting, but mm-hmm. I explained the whole this, you know, what we're doing with attorneys with with thought leadership, and they really started to get it. And you know, a lot of the B two B people that we're working with, uh, the more you dig into it, uh, the more critical thought leadership is when you're trying to reach um, other businesses. I think so. I mean, I think that you know, people, um, the, the 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 trust is always a factor in when hiring an attorney. But um, no, the, the quality of the work and the demonstration of specialist expertise and reputation and intellect, presence, charisma, those sorts of, of other tangible areas builds respect in, in who you're hiring. And, and that can be just hiring, of, and that can be both hiring of the firm and hiring of the individuals. And I think that the, the content and the thinking behind, behind legal issues are, are really areas that can breed a lot of respect for a particular attorney or for a firm. So uh, for, the, for the last question, just kind of extending that a little bit, um, how does that relate to business development? You know, can, can you send a, a blog post and say uh, to someone, a prospect, a general counsel or, or a business that you're working with, what are your feelings about that sharing a blog post or or some content that you've created to extend or deepen the relationship or even as a quick follow up uh, to keep in touch with them i think it's i think it's it's something of value to them and so if it if it's obviously a topic that you've identified as being important to their lives and what they do in day to day and helps them do their job and helps them uh, be informed on a particular issue that they deal with on a regular basis that adds value to them and that translates to them to you as an attorney adding value to them and that you are on top of these issues on a regular basis and uh, in this changing world being able to uh, really follow the trends and then also really be able to capitalize and take some of these changes to to a client's advantage. So I I, I completely agree that w- and and in-house counsel has been asking for this going send me information that has value to me. And by a be, by having a a regular stream of content either through blogging or through um other other areas of thought leadership it really does uh, it does add value to that client and or to that prospect, and they will most likely put you on the short list for that. So it all comes down to relevance. So you know, if you're pumping out a lot of good, helpful content over time, and then you have a topic come up with a with a general counsel, if you've got in your bag of tricks, so you know, fifty or a hundred or so blog posts, if you can find something really relevant, I think what I'm hearing you saying is that's going to go so much further than something moderately relevant. The the closer you can get to their exact need, the better. Right, and it doesn't need to be yours. That's the other thing is that they're they're. <coughs> 
there are lots of, of thought leaders out there in the world that are more aggregators, and they're they're maybe not coming up with the idea themselves, but they're 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 taking all the different points of light and, and putting them together and synthesizing them to saying, okay, this is what's happening out there, and this is what it means to you. Yeah, no, that's a, that's another good point. Any other final thoughts on things you're you're doing in marketing or? Um any highlights of what, what what you're up to lately? Well, we're, we uh, here at Nutter. We're always looking at ways to uh, enhance our brand and enhance the value that we are um, uh, we, we deliver to our clients on a regular basis. And um, you know, it, it's very hard to articulate the intangibles that uh, you can give somebody in terms of service, in terms of relationship, um, in terms of, of of you know really helping them along and. So we're, we're, we're looking at some really kind of softer issues in terms of, of how can we translate that and put that into the marketplace that doesn't you know, come across as, as a lot of other law firms. So the, the constant struggle of, of saying that we are a quality value-based law firm um, and not have it sound or like every other firm, always, always a tr- struggle in differentiation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you they've they're very lucky to have you there. Your your thoughts are much appreciated. And um and and how can people get in touch with you? Uh, again, um I'm at Nutter McClendon and Fish and my email address is the letter J W A G E R at Nutter.com. Okay, great. That's Nutter N U T T E R dot com. And check out legalmarketingreview.com for more interviews and information on legal marketing. I'm John McDougall. See you next time on Legal Marketing Review.